Welcome to another PA Policy Podcast. I'm host Chuck Nichols with my co-host Jason Gosman. He is the spokesman for the House Republican Caucus. Jason, welcome to another PA Policy Podcast. We'd like to talk this week about what's been going on in the House this week, actual action, votes that were happening that mean something. And we're talking about constitutional amendments. We're trying to make some changes to kind of rein in some powers that have gotten out of hand. Talk to us about what's going on here, why we're doing what we're doing. Sure, and you're talking about the passage of, of House Bill 55, which would rein in the executive's unilateral authority during emergency declarations and uh, really force him to work with the General Assembly. But before we get into that, you know, the House Republican Caucus this session has three main things that we're focusing on, economic recovery, protecting families, and reforming government to, to have people have a government that they're proud of. So we, we checked all of those boxes this week. Seven session days into the 2021 session, uh, we are uh, moving forward for the people of Pennsylvania and already counting our successes, and that's great. Uh, and we did that this week by, by passing House Bill 55, which, uh, again, would, would curb that governor's executive authority to go unchecked. It would limit it to 21 days, which is reasonable given the fact that he has to respond to emergencies, which are real emergencies, not ones that last for uh, three or four years like the open opioid epidemic emergency, uh, or a year plus like the COVID-19 emergency, and, and that gives him the ability to do things like suspend regulations, shut businesses, uh, go around the, the General Assembly, and he's gotten great deference from the courts during this uh, during this emergency period, So, an, an all-emergency declaration. So it could be an emergency declaration uh, for, for, for whatever he decides, because it's a unilateral de- declaration to begin with. Um, Chairman Grove of the State Government Committee, who sponsored House Bill 55, which is this constitutional amendment, uh, said a governor coming on day one, issue an emergency declaration, and then if he's elected to two terms, for eight years uh, have this executive authority that is unchecked by the the legislature, uh, and and as we've seen the courts. Um, That's dangerous. Um, we've seen freedoms restricted already this year. Um, people say, what's what's the problem with having the executive do it? Well, they elect a, a, a general assembly. They elect the legislature to be their voice in government. Um, people say, yeah, they elect the governor, but they get that shot only once every four years. They elect their, their, their members of the House of Representatives every two years. They're closer to the people. We only represent 66,000 people, our members do. Uh, we talk to them at the gas pumps, at the grocery store. Um, we talk to them at, at religious services. And we hear what they're really going through. This is a number one issue for them, this emergency uh, authority. They want to see their people's representatives have a voice. Uh, what it would require is after 21 days in an emergency, the governor would then have to come to the General Assembly if he wants to renew that emergency declaration under the same facts and circumstances. Uh, and then we would have to approve the extension of that emergency declaration. Um, it gives us a voice. The governor has decided this entire pandemic that he does not want to work with us. He continues not to work with us. As a matter of fact, today on Thursday, he's rolling out his 21, 2021 priorities. Guess what? has included us into them whatsoever. He wants to try to get them through the legislature. He's not working with any of us to get that done. So this would bring him back to the table. It would give the people's representatives a voice back, uh, and it would make sure that this executive authority can't run amok forever. Uh, and, it, and look, we've seen the dangers of that, right? We've not only seen businesses closed, uh, lives and livelihoods destroyed by the closing of businesses, and then the governor and the secretary of health uh, returning COVID-19 positive seniors back into nursing homes. Uh, but we've also seen uh, uh, problems recently with the vaccine deployment. And 
and how one person and, and one administration uh, making all the decisions internally have really uh, put Pennsylvania in the in the basement in terms of uh, vaccine deployment efficiency. So this would bring more voices to the table, would force the governor to work with us instead of being against us and not acting on his own, um, and and really bring some common sense to this uh, uh, emergency response. Now, the other thing that House Bill 55 would do would uh, prohibit discrimination, add to our Constitution to prohibit discrimination based upon uh, race or gender, so our ethnicity. So that's also a huge win. Then uh, this has now passed in, in two consecutive sessions. Uh, we're likely going to take up Senate Bill 2 next week, which is the Senate version of this bill to get it across the finish line, and we expect it to be on the May primary, along with House Bill 14, uh, which is uh, another constitutional amendment which is set to go before the voters uh, this May that would open up a two-year civil statute of limitations window uh, for uh, victims of child sexual abuse to be able to bring civil claims. So, um, you know, that's also a great way that we'll work to protect families by disincentivizing institutions from covering up these things and, and, and forcing them to have policy and things like that to make sure that they're not liable under this window. So this is very important because people are going to be voting on these. These are going to be on the ballot on the May primary, likely. People need to educate themselves on these issues. To play a little bit of devil's advocate, though, we, we have to consider that in these emergency situations, sometimes, as you said, we have to work quickly. A, a governor has to act quickly. Let's say it's a, a different kind of emergency and quick action has to happen. We don't want to inject politics into a situation unduly, but one might also say that the, the, the political situation is already in, the situ in there because the governor is of a party and has an agenda. How do we separate the two and, and make sure that this is the right thing to do for people? How can people be secure in their vote when they, when they vote for something like this? This does give the governor the ability to, to, to respond quickly to emergencies. When people think about emergencies, it's something that happens quickly and for a brief period of time, not something that lasts for years on end. And it gives the governor the ability three weeks to do that. And that's practical because there are times when the General Assembly is in, in session, like in December uh, and even numbered years, we're constitutionally out of session. It gives the governor the ability to act during that time in emergencies. Uh, it, it gives the, the governor the ability to, like, to respond to things like weather emergencies and natural disasters and, and things like that very quickly. Uh, but these ongoing uh, endless emergencies that the governor seems to have conjured up merely because he doesn't want to work with the General Assembly uh, does the, the opposite of what you said. It actually injects politics into things because he's not doing it as a mechanism to help Pennsylvanians. He's doing it as a mechanism to go around their voice and have people question his decisions. Um, he, he, he wants to be, be able to do whatever he wants whenever he wants without people asking him tough questions. As a matter of fact, at the beginning of this pandemic, it, he went weeks without holding a, a public press conference or taking questions from the media because he doesn't want to get questioned on things. Asked earlier this week about vaccine deployment, a reporter asked him a very question, simple question about supply and demand, and he goes, well, we didn't think about that. It's very tough now for this administration when they don't have the federal government that's Republican that they can blame for all of their problems, and now that they're, they're being forced to be transparent about things that, that, that are going on. They have nobody else to blame but themselves. That's been the case since the very beginning, um, and the more and more that we work to restore the people's voice and help them t people take their power back that they've given the legislature, um, the more and more that things will be laid bare about how badly this administration has handled things because they haven't had to include more voices. They haven't had to include experts. They haven't had to include the general and they've been able to go around the people and just act unilaterally. And that's been bad for Pennsylvanians. It's been bad for this COVID-19 response. And it's been abysmal for our vaccine deployment. One might say that this is a rebalancing of how the legislature and the governor are supposed to operate, one making laws and the other making sure they're enforced. 
This is a great discussion, though, because people need to make sure they're educated on this issue. You're going to have to vote on this. The other thing we want to talk about this week, you, you hinted at it here, is COVID-19 response and the, the getting out of the vaccine. Things keep changing. People are wondering when they can get a hold of the vaccine, when they can start to relive their lives as normal. What's the latest on this? The health committee is meeting to discuss these things. Uh, what what are you hearing? Yeah, the the House Health Committee is going to be holding a three hour hearing on Monday with the Department of Health uh, on this issue, um, and and you know the, the legislature has a, a critical oversight role here. Uh, we've been successful in pointing out a number of things that the administration has flatly just gotten wrong. Uh, putting lawmakers and cabinet officials above the general public in terms of eligibility for the vaccine uh, is ridiculous, um, and we've called them out on that. They have refused to brief us. They haven't talked to our leadership on this, um, and, and frankly. It's, it's shown because when you go it alone, you get bad results. Um, you, you know, one of the things that we need to um, continue to question the administration on is why are we ranked in the bottom fifth in the basement uh, for COVID vaccine deployment efficiency? Um, less than half of the vaccine that we have received has been put in people's arms. Um, some people have so much vaccine and, and the, the inability to get it to people that they don't know what to do with it. Uh, someone wasted. They're giving it to people who aren't eligible for it. And people are confused as to who is eligible for it. And that's rightly so, because the administration has changed their plan six different times. Um, last fall, they were told by the federal government to get a plan in place. And their response was, well, we really don't think there's going to be a vaccine in time. Uh, why are we working on it? Uh, why are we wasting resources on it? Well, then they said they have a plan. And then that plan changed. And then they said, we're, we're, we're putting it in line with federal guidance. Well, the federal guidance isn't Pennsylvania-specific. Other states have figured this out. West Virginia, Florida rank at the top. Uh, Pennsylvania ranks at the bottom. What have they done? that Pennsylvania has gotten so wrong. Um, it, it doesn't make any sense. When you don't include people, when you don't listen to questions, when you don't take input from anybody, when you don't listen to the healthcare providers, the experts, the frontline uh, public health and safety workers, uh, you're going to get things wrong, and they have. And it's, again, when they don't have a federal government to blame for things, because now you have uh, our former Secretary of Health uh, and part of the Biden administration, and you have uh, Joe Biden, who's president, and uh, he's been pretty cozy with Tom Wolf over the years. So you don't have a federal government you can blame over this. Um, they have to take the responsibility, and they can't pass the buck anymore. And uh, it's become a real problem for the people of Pennsylvania. The legislature is going to take a critical oversight role in this. And the governor is, again, announcing his 2021 priorities uh, today on Thursday that, that he wants to see for the coming year. Why does he have any other priority than getting shots in people's arms, getting this vaccine out there? This should be number one. He shouldn't be focusing on any broad social change or, or picking winners and losers in industry. He should be focused on getting shots in arms. And there should be no other question that he's asking. And he should be putting every every part of government. Uh, that's, that's, what, that's what President Trump did. He, he supercharged the private sector by partnering with them and, and, and the federal government to get a vaccine de developed. Tom Wolf seems to be dithering uh, and, and making excuses as to why vaccines aren't in people's arms. Um, that's not what people expect from their government. They want their government right now to have the answers to how they're going to get this vaccine so they can return to normal, they can return to work, businesses can open, and we can forget about COVID-19. Let's talk a little bit more about this next week after we hear about this in the hearing on Monday. Jason Gottesman, it's been a pleasure talking with you on PA Policy Podcast.